Here's Pastor Ed with a brief preview of today's edition of Voice of Faith. There's that personal stealing. He's referring to Christians, to believers. Paul's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to believers. How many know that you aren't fully sanctified, that there's a way to go? In all of our lives, that's true. In all of our lives, there's a way we have to go. And Paul is saying to them, don't cheat other believers. Don't steal from anyone. Theft comes in many forms. It could be property, time, emotion, really any form of taking something from another person or holding back something belonging to another is considered stealing. As Pastor Ed examines the Eighth Commandment, Do Not Steal, in today's message, he reminds us to consider how even Christians can violate this commandment when dealing with each other, and how the Bible calls us to watch ourselves, and to set for ourselves a higher standard by which to live. Well, let's join Pastor Ed in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 15, for part one of his message entitled, The Eighth Commandment. When we look at the Ten Commandments, it's like sitting under Mount Sinai. You hear the thunder and you hear the lightning and you recognize you're a sinner. But it always leads you to Mount Calvary, where you find grace and mercy. As I was preparing this sermon, once again I was convicted. That's the Eighth Commandment. Thou shalt not steal. Now, I haven't been dipping into the church funds or anything like that. <laughs> but I was thinking about all of the things that I have to repent of over the years. What's your earliest memory of something that you took? Something that you stole? Can you remember what it was? Now, I remember before I met Christ. Before I met Jesus, I stole a trophy. Yeah, I used to love to bowl. And we were in competition for the first place. We were in second place. We had to win, I think, three out of the four games, uh, whatever it was, plus the, uh, the wood and everything. And the team that was in first place, the one really good player on there had a favorite bowling ball. It was a house bowling ball. And I knew which one it was. And so the day we were going to have competition, I went the day before, took the bowling ball, and threw it down a lane where it was uh, not on. And so the ball stayed back there. And I could still remember the day we had the tournament. He was looking all over for that bowling ball. And we beat them because uh, mentally he wasn't ready for the game. Now, that was before Christ. Well, you say, Pastor, what about after Christ? I could still remember something. There's a family sitting right in our church. Years ago when I was a youth pastor, back when dinosaurs walked the face of the earth, <laughs> I said, could I borrow that book of games? Because youth always liked games. So Rose and Bill Dale lent me a book of games because they used to do all sorts of games in my home church back in Brooklyn, New York. And I borrowed that book and then it was on my shelf for the longest time. I don't know if I've ever returned it to you, Bill. I don't even know where it is. <laughs> but all of us, if we really think about it, violate the commandments. And we desperately need the grace of God for very 
short words. You shall not steal. Brand new preacher came to church, a young pastor, and he was excited about his new pastorate. And as he was working in his study, he decided to take a break. In that small community that he lived, the main industry was a logging industry. And most of the people in the town worked there and were supported through that logging industry, a mill industry. And so he went down and he just decided to see some of his congregants and he was looking at them. Something shocked him. There was a competing logging company and they were upstream and there was fierce competition between both companies. And he noticed that the people in his town and his congregation they would cut off the end of the logs where that logging company put their brand on. So they were stealing other people's logs out of the company. And so the pastor said, I've got to do something about this. He decided that Sunday morning to preach on the Tenth Commandment. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's property, thy neighbor's goods. After the sermon, all sorts of people came up and shook his hand and said, Great sermon, Pastor. You did a good job. During that week, he decided to go and see the results of the sermon because that's really the test of the message, how it impacted people. They were doing the same thing. They were cutting off the ends of those logs and then putting their brand on it. So he said, i got to preach on the Eighth Commandment. Thou shalt not steal. And the message thundered out. And that week he went to where the logging camp was and the mill was, and they were doing the same thing. The pastor just thought, the next Sunday, the title of his message was, Thou shalt not cut the branded ends off someone else's locks. (laughs) The results of that message was they ran him out of the church and they ran him out of the town. Now, please, don't get too angry. (laughs) Think about how thievery is so much a part of our culture. When the light's turned off and no one sees, what we are and who we are comes out. We'll just go back to New York City when that massive blackout in the 70s, all the stores that were ransacked, all the robberies, that took place. I guess we don't have to go back a few decades. We could just look at Katrina. When they were hit with Katrina, people would just plunder the goods of department stores and other places, just figure they could take it. Well, just think of Haiti. Well, you said, Pastor, if we eliminate poverty, that will eliminate stealing. Well, I don't know about that. In the Great Depression, when we were at one of our lowest times in history, economically, poverty level, joblessness, statistically, we were at one of the lowest times where robbery, stealing took place. I mean, think about shoplifting. Do you know that shoplifting cost us over, it costs us actually a fortune. And they say that out of, I think it's one out of every 30 
five people as a shoplifter or something like that, the statistics. But they said when they take statistics on who shoplifts, only 10% of the poor shoplift. The other 70% is middle class. 20% are the rich. I guess it's the rush of beating the game. You know, from Wall Street, we're just manipulating some stocks or numbers can reap millions. We are a nation of thieves. Stealing applies to our culture. I know that we've pushed God out and we don't want his commandments in our schools or in our courtrooms or in the marketplace. But it's impacting our culture, the way we live. It impacts every part of society. Capitalism cannot work without the undergirding of God's principles found in the Ten Commandments. I want you to look at this commandment. First of all, notice that it is a sin against others. Stealing, robbery, defrauding is a sin against others. When I think about 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 8, it speaks of personal stealing. Instead, you yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. Who is he talking to? Who is he referring to? There's that personal stealing. He's referring to Christians, to believers. Paul's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to believers. How many know that you aren't fully sanctified, that there's a way to go? In all of our lives, that's true. In all of our lives, there's a way we have to go. And Paul is saying to them, don't cheat other believers. Don't steal from anyone. We're good at it. I mean, we're good at hiding it. Stealing takes place at work. Some people go in late every day and leave early. Uh, they spend time when the boss is not looking now with a computer game or surfing the internet or retrieving their email or sending email. And how about those rather long coffee breaks? Or just meandering and pretending you're doing office work when you're just talking and shooting the breeze. No, no. We are masters at self-deception, deceiving ourselves, using the copy machine for personal needs without getting authorization, picking up maybe uh, one of those sticky pads and going away with it. Well, it's it's not, not a big thing. Well, add it all up. And at the end of the week, maybe you've worked four days and you want five days' pay. Yeah. Well, not just in the office. It happens in homes and families. You see, mom and dad working and working and working and working, trying to climb up the corporate ladder, 
trying to keep up with the Smiths. The Joneses, you don't have to worry about them. But keep up with the Smiths. And they wind up stealing time from their children. Memories that should have been made, that should be happening. No time for the children. Because they're busy making money. Busy doing their own things. Well, no, no, no. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't end there. Lost memories. Families get angry with one another. There's just all sorts of friction. And because they're angry with one another, you're not going to talk to grandpa or grandma. Or you're not going to talk to uncle or aunt so-and-so. And so those children lose the ability to have interaction with those extended family members that would enrich their lives. Stealing family time. Oh, no, 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 it's not just parents, it's children. It's children. Anytime he or she calls up, you know why. You know, they're fighting at the funeral instead of weeping about the inheritance. About who gets what and who's been shortchanged. Stealing has become a part of our culture. It's become a part of our lives. Think about all the videos and all the DVDs and all of the music that's pirated. Think about all that we do as a culture, as a people. Well, everybody is doing it. Yeah. Everybody is doing it. That's why Isaiah said in chapter 10, Woe to those who make unjust laws, to those who issue oppressive decrees, to deprive the poor of their rights, withhold justice from the oppressed of my people, making widows their prey and robbing the fatherless. He's talking about the government. He's talking about industry. Employers who want to make their employees slaves. They want blood from them. They forget they have a family life. Think about how in the corporate world all of the books sometimes are being cooked. We think of that domino effect from Enron to the present. The Ponzi schemes. From Wall Street to Washington. It happens again and again and again. I mean, you think about, we are one of the first generations that will see our children live on a lower uh, lifestyle than we had. Every succeeding generation would have a better lifestyle. Parents would work hard, that their children would have more, that they would be better off than they were. That was one of their passions, one of their desires. But it seems like this generation is robbing from the future. Well, just go to Washington. Stealing going on there. Whatever the politicians call it, the Bible calls it stealing. Pork barreling, politics as usual, it's still stealing. We have institutionalized theft. 
We have institutionalized robbery. Whether it's in the corporate or the politician or the public. No, no, no. Just don't point our fingers at Washington. Just look at your own tax returns. How did you fill them out? Were you honest or did you fudge on the truth? Trying to get more than you really deserved. It's become a way of life in America. We've buried the Dent Commandments. We've buried them in the past. We don't want them to speak to us today. Whether it's a big corporate business that is stealing from the public, or whether it's the small shopkeeper that tells the widow, you need a new heating unit. When really that has more life to go. Or the car repair place. Hmm, you have real problems here. It's going to cost you more than you thought. It's become a way of life. John Donne said, no one is an island entire to the self. We are all part of the mainland of life. And each person's conduct affects a multitude of others. The shoplifting that goes on, well, they count on that loss. They say there's 140 million incidents a year. And so they build it into their price, 2 to 5% higher. That's what's said. Now, Walter Eckert said this. This commandment does far more than protect property. It warns against taking advantage of a brother or sister in need. It stands against all exploitation of the weak and is a guide for all social and economic action and restraint. What are we doing to go counterculture, to go in a different direction? I know, yes, everybody's doing it. Well, that that could be true. But as Christians... We're not called to go with the tide. We're called to swim upstream against the tide. God will give you the grace to do that. When the cashier gives you too much money back, do you return it? When they put something in your package that you didn't pay for, do you bring it back? Or just walk away and say, hallelujah. (laughs) God wants us to be accountable. And he wants us to keep his commandments. Because stealing is not just a, a sin against others. We do it personally. We do it as a community. But it is really stealing against ourselves. It's a sin against self. It impacts us personally. Uh, Paul hammers and he nails us when it says in Romans 2.21, Well then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal, but do you steal? It truly impacts our character. Dishonesty damages us. It withers our soul so it becomes the size of a pea. It takes something out of us. Remember Jacob in the Bible? 
that great patriarch, that one who God favored. You know, God's favor is given to us not on the basis on where we are necessarily always on the journey, but on the basis of his love. Our relationship with him is based on love. His love for us, more than our love for him, far more. It's based all on grace, so we never earn his favor. We can never earn his love more. No, no, no. That's settled. It was settled on Calvary. It was settled on the cross. Ken Hughes wrote a book on the Ten Commandments, and he called them Ten Words of Grace. They're God's words of grace because God doesn't want us to stay the way we are. He wants us to change us. He wants us to change and be more like him. Well, that great patriarch, Jacob, he has an encounter with God. He's been running and running and running. We meet him and God promised, you're the one who's going to be blessed. But he won't trust God. He has to manipulate circumstances. He has to steal the birthright, steal the blessing, deceive his father, trick Laban, his father-in-law, That's what his name literally meant, trickery, deception. He's wrestling with the angel in Genesis chapter 32. And it says this, and the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. He realized who he was, what he was. At that moment, he saw himself the way God saw him. Those are always painful moments, but always grace-filled moments. Because God, when he showed Jacob what was in his heart, and grace, Jacob, when he came to that realization, was transformed, and God said, no longer is your name Jacob. It's going to be Israel, a prince with God and a prince with man. He came away from that situation limping, walking, Differently. That's what those moments of self-revelation and grace do to us. But when we steal, there's always piece of ourselves that we're giving away. It cost us personal integrity. There's a lot of ways to steal. Some things really... Now, I've been robbed a number of times. I was back in Wilmington, Delaware. I got a brand new Dell computer. I was real happy. The choir was in the sanctuary. I decided to go and listen to the choir just for a moment. And I left my brand new laptop on a chair outside my office and just went around to see the choir and tell them how good they sounded because they did sound real good. It was a blessing. And I went back and that laptop was gone. Now, it wasn't any of those choir members. They stayed there. I remember how bad I felt. But then I really felt bad a number of years ago when a Wednesday night service we were worshiping the Lord and someone knew how we sort of lived and, uh, and they robbed our house and again they stole my laptop. I don't have much luck with laptops. <laughs> so I, I remember walking through the house feeling violated. Thinking someone else I didn't know was in this room and, and they took this and they took that and, Just a terrible feeling. There's all sorts of theft that takes place. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Voice of Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. 
There's more to come from Pastor Ed's in-depth study of the Ten Commandments. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and select today's date from the Voice of Faith media planner. Again, that's voiceoffaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to voiceoffaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to voiceoffaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Voice of Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Ten Commandments right here on Voice of Faith.